Hey, you're about to listen to Trek Off, but before you do, I wanted to let you know that there is another podcast called Totally Super, where we review every superhero movie ever made. It's me and my buddy Arthur. We go through the Batman movies, the X-Men movies, the Avengers movies, movies like The Crow and Dr. Horrible and more. So please, while you're listening to this, hop over to wherever you subscribe to podcasts and subscribe to Totally Super. Okay, here's Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. My name's Alexia. And today and I'm doing things a little bit different. I just want to let you know that um, uh, Alexia. First of all, he's totally probably like sloshed right now. I'm not completely sloshed. I'm but he's, actually. He's I, on I, the... I've only just now started drinking. Oh, you've only just begun. <laughs> so he is. Yeah, only because just I, I, I I pace when I talk. <laughs> Alexia and I've been talking for an hour at this point, and I pace around my house. So normally I sit at a computer. I have this wonderful setup. It's very professional. It looks like a studio, and I just was not in a place to do it. So I've taken one of my one of my portable mic stands that I used to do when I did music. <laughs> and I literally, I have my head like cradled in my bed, like I'm, I'm like the, like, like I have a, like a, a neck fracture, and like I'm in traction, and so the, so I'm like, like plopped back in my bed, laying here, sinking into it, um, with the microphone in my face. So uh, we're hoping that the sound quality is good. Uh, and because, if it's not, it's fine. Fuck it. Yeah, because bitches, this is what you get. <laughs> um, That's right, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So um Justin needs this. Deal with it. <laughs> been a while since we've done a little trick off show. While. Um so much to talk about in the in the world of, of Is there? Of, there's there's a ton. There's a ton. Um but <laughs> I feel uh, like I but, try to like like put myself in and like I don't want to find out. I don't want to know. I don't want to be spoilt. I try to hide from it. So I don't know. Well, I, we're, I, about. I mean there's been some Star Trek stuff, but there's enough other sci-fi stuff that we're gonna kinda this is gonna be one of those grab bags, but we're gonna start on Star, Star Trek. I have a Star Trek story to tell. Which is gonna <gasps> we're gonna be start, we start on Star Trek, guys. What? Yeah. Um <laughs> but before we do, uh oh, wait, how, was your, how was your how was your Trek? four weeks have you has anything trekky happened to you in the last four weeks i'm trying to think been watching any star trek been i i actually um i have not been watching star trek i've been getting caught up on orville okay fair enough and um i gotta say that's my vodka by the way you're gonna hear me drink it guys you're gonna hear the vodka yeah it's not not very professional but like whatever that's happening this part of the experience tonight ladies and gentlemen that's right (laughs) it's so that you feel like you're really here um, so vodka for when you've had the kids by yourself. <laughs> that should be their bat fucking ad campaign. Like, that's a legit ad campaign. Vodka, it makes you love your family more. Um, <laughs> just ask all of Russia. Seriously, vodka There's like a reason. T- tampering with U.S. elections since 1821. No, I'm kidding. I do, <laughs> n- do not want to get political on the show at all. No, no, because. no. But that's fucking no, funny. I don't care who you are. That's fucking funny. We we're not going to go there. We're not, we're not gonna, gonna go there. there. But that's fucking funny. Um, so, <laughs> so I have been watching Orville, and I gotta say, the more I watch it, um, the more it feels um like Star Trek. Is there a shedding enough. at this point? of of the Seth MacFarlane-ish uh, uh, of it like is Okay, it- so the things I think will still um probably pull you out of it. Uh they make more references. They still call it classic, right? But instead of like you know how on and, and this is the thing like it was really funny me and uh, Mr. A kind of disagreed on this because he was like don't mean good, don't get me wrong I really like this. I really like the Star Trekky aspects of a lot of the storylines they're doing. Um he's like but the fact that they talk that that they 
have sort of this contemporariness to them pulls me out of the Star Trek feel of it. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> like, because I don't have that same, like, so basically instead of, you know how a next gen time, like they would play like old, like jazz or like, like Mozart, Bach, Beethoven, like Shakespeare. These would be the classics, right? What they do in Orville for the classics is more stuff that you and I would like, like stuff like from the 80s or stuff from like, you know, 50s, 40s film cinema, that kind of stuff, you know, or contemporary to us right now. I remember and it would be an old episode, but the point that I jumped off and I never jumped back on my understanding, I was like four, like four episodes away from the show hitting its stride. But the point when I jumped off that really I checked out was the um, was the point that they had. I think they had Snoopy or something on there. And I was like, look, man, Snoopy's good. Like, he's, he's good. I like Snoopy a lot. But the idea that Snoopy would be something that you would reference and also you would reference Star Wars and also and there wasn't even a really like one of the like the things that they would do. Um, so I'll give you an example. Like when Data sat down with all the great minds in that episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, that mm-hmm. had like Aristotle and and had and Stephen Freud. Hawking, it occurred to me there were no minds after Stephen Hawking in that game. That game always bothered me. That it would be all the references in that game were being made to things that I knew, and right. even that bothered me because they were dealing with things from like hundreds of years back. And mm-hmm. I always kind of enjoyed the, the the Star Trek trick that they would play, where they would be like, you know, the great minds like Aristotle and Plato and Soraka Vulcan. And, yeah, and they and would they like, would pull, like, yeah, put in a random not of Earth yeah, mind. Yeah, they, they, they would be like, li, they would be like Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci, Stephen Hawking, and Goobly Gook. Oh, yes, yeah. I remember the writings of Goobly Gook. Oh, yes, Goobly they were the Gook best. Amazing. Um, but you they, haven't they really, I mean, Shakespeare is fine, but I mean, if you haven't read Goobly Gook, you haven't read (laughs) so so the the i always had i had a problem with that then but i was able to kind of like whistle past that this is like that amplified to the point where like the only references that i ever really heard on the orville seemed to be references that were within my own lifetime and i felt like it was like in quantum leap where you could only ever time travel within your own lifetime yeah and i had a real problem with the idea that like like it felt like the way the show seemed to be going would be like suddenly everybody on the ship is listening to warrant because everybody loves cherry pie. And it would be one thing if you did it sort of like tongue in cheek demolition man style, because I mm. love the way they did that. The Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive. <laughs> yes, like so there's a world. And they were listening Bell... to like old commercial jingles. Like, yeah. Oh, this is my and favorite station. <laughs> There's a world where only Taco Bell survives or like Ready Player One where like only the 80s made it because everybody became obsessed with the 80s. But the idea that only Taco Bell survived and also Burger King survived and also McDonald's survived and also no other fast food restaurants survived. And yeah. it feel it would feel so specific. Like when I go Snoopy survives, that would be an outlier. Like maybe like Snoopy is barely relevant today. It would be like Bugs Bunny surviving. Well, I, it would be like Bugs Bunny surviving. Like Bugs Bunny Bugs when Bunny's I was a kid. Pretty iconic. Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny. Well, Bugs Bunny when I when I was a kid was everywhere, right? The the Looney Tunes were had the Looney Tunes hour. You had Tiny Tunes on. You had Space Jam was on. Occasionally you have a Looney Tunes thing before. But I mean, I can't tell you the last. Like actually, I can tell you. I saw the first Looney Tunes thing with a Wiley e. Coyote short 
um, like two weeks ago, which was brilliant, by the way. I wish you could remember what it's called. Um, but it was done in the old style using a little bit of flash animation because it's cheaper. But the, it felt so much like the original. But that was like the first thing in like 18 years I had heard of Looney Tunes. So if they were yeah. to say Looney Tunes survived, I'd be really suspect. Like, wow, Looney Tunes survived, but Mickey Mouse didn't survive? Okay. I mean, maybe. But if we're like, Looney Tunes survived. And also, Jem survived. And also, G.I. Joe survived. And all, and I was feeling when I was watching the show, like, you know, okay, there's a me, there, there's a thing on Robot Chicken that showed, that has uh, that has uh, Vader talking to uh, to Luke. When Vader says to Luke, goes, I am your father. And Luke goes, goes, no, that's impossible. And Vader goes, and I built C-3PO. And he goes, oh, that's highly improbable. (laughs) 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 And, and Yoda was friends with Chewbacca. And Luke is like, that's really unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that like a robot chicken. It's so good. And and that's sort of how the how the Orville felt to me. It's good. Like, it and that's like, not think... going to go away. Like just fair warning. Like you're going to either become accustomed to it in the way that you kind of became accustomed to what was going on with next gen in the same way. And you can just kind of like like Kelly's favorite, you know, band is Journey or something. Spoiler alert. Like she loves Journey. And it's like, that's a little weird. I mean, I don't know if they've told us how far in the future we are. I, I forget. Um, yeah, the idea that Journey survives is could be an outlier, could be an anomaly. You never know what's going to survive. I don't think Shakespeare had any idea that he'd be around in 500 years. But if you're sure. like, Journey Journey survives and also Kansas survives, be like, well, okay, maybe Journey and Kansas. And then you find out Van Halen is also really hot. Like, uh, really? Uh, that's right. Like, like they like I, there's a there's a an episode where he's watching like the king and I I think um so it's that stuff I think will still get to you unless you can come to terms with it like that doesn't yeah. really go away it doesn't take away from it for me like mostly because I like all that stuff it's usually like 80s references um a lot of the time and you know how I love the 80s um so and they call it the class they call it the classic band or whatever um but that most goes away the other thing that you'll have a little trouble with that or or you or maybe you won't like because it doesn't bother me in the least and this was another point of this was a point of contention with me and mr a um sort of like the way they talk like they're not always so proper which I don't is have a one of, with part that. of what i love I have, about it like i, I love no, that there are people I that no i can really with that, actually. yeah like relate to so here's like, here's why damn. i have no problem with that <laughs> Um, you know, as as anyone knows who's who's you know heard me talk on the show, I consider myself to be you know, I consider myself to be a Christian. I self-identify as a Christian, and um, today of all things, uh, when I brought my child to church, they were reading out of a translation of the Bible called um, the New Living Translation of the Bible, and it was really like like it sort of shocked my son when they were reading out of the translation because it was like, and then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light, and God said that was awesome. And then, and then, and then it, I mean, it wasn't quite, it, it wasn't quite awesome, but it was like, it was like that. It's, 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 it was a, tra- it's a translation from the last like 20 years where none of the, none of the things that it's saying, none of the points that it's saying are different, but it's in this very colloquial language. And it's worth noting that we all go, but what about the these and thou's and thou shalt not and all that? And you got to remember when the when the 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 King James version of the Bible was written, when it was that translated was from spoke. the Greek and Aramaic, that's how people spoke. Yeah. When that was written, it was written in contemporary language of the time. 
So I I have always been able to watch watch things like there's one way to do it, like Firefly, where like where you're like, yes, the language has evolved and you're listening to the evolved language is what you what it is that you're listening to. Mm -hmm. So you have, you know, they curse in Chinese and they seem to say things like Garam and they sound everything's just a little bit off because of the way Mm -hmm. that the the other way to do it is to go, well, everybody is always speaking how they speak now. Like I'm talking to you the way that we speak now, which is different than the how they spoke 50 years ago. And so if I want to watch a show about people being people, I need to hear him hear them how they speak now. It will make the show less timeless. I think that the I think that the Orville more. will be less less revisitable in 50 years. It'll be more like a time capsule um, than let's say the Star Trek shows because they've always had such formal speech. But yeah. I think the, I think that there's something about making them talk like you just. I'm just assuming that we like. I've got the universal translator in for the slang of how they're talking. It's almost the way I, I, I could consider that. That I could deal with. Okay. That well, I'm then you'll okay be all right. With. Like, cause it's, it's like, there have been like episodes that like legit would not have been out of place on next gen and would have been great next gen episodes. Like, well, cause I think that, I think that Star Trek 2009, I think they, they're still kind of formal, but they're certainly, I feel like it's, it's, I it's think they're less, less formal. And yeah, like when you're talking about the new Star Trek, like the, the, like that even discovery even even discovery actually i would say there's some formality but there's also i would say that that tilly talks i mean you know just like people talk and that's the i think um i think that's a sign of the times honestly in terms of the writing because i i think that it's 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 a difference in what's the way how do i want to phrase this like think about it like when star trek was airing like the original series for instance um since that's our starting point we had a very sort of idea of what the future would look like like that was what he was painting was this picture of what the future would look like and even when you look at like like because there are things they say in that show even that are clearly the 60s you know what i mean clearly the 60s and the 70s like that like hippie episode um, sure like but on the bridge they don't talk right but on the bridge they don't they yes they're they're very it's a it's an elevated speech but yeah yeah, i have a feeling like that was sort of the expectation when they were writing sci-fi at the time i feel like that was kind of prevalent not just with star trek but with sci-fi of that time and i think that we sort of arrived at zone you might have the same experience i'm sorry if you were to watch twilight zone you might have the same experience yeah exactly and i feel like what we saw happen like when the future arrived we aren't talking that much different than we were a hundred years ago, like turn of the century, like a little bit, but not a lot. And certainly in the way that like technology has jumped forward, say in like the last 50 years, there's even less difference in the way that we speak. Yeah, I do think, I do think that one thing, it's really interesting. Like I wish I could jump 400 years in the future and see how this happens. I do think that technology and the way that people talk on TV and stuff like that, I think that one of the reasons we feel like, like I don't feel like the 90s were all that differently different from today. It's weird for me to think that 1990 is almost 30 years ago. Agreed. That's what I'm saying. And I think one of the reasons is, is that you have like TV and movies, we all sort of experience the same thing. So you don't have, you have some evolution of the language, but that's really just the language evolving to incorporate the changes in the lifestyle. So you can say things like, I'll text you, I'll Google, I'll Google something, I'll blah, blah, blah. Sure. Blah, blah. Yep. But like, but I but not think the base sort of language, like that hasn't changed in a long time. Like people still say awesome, right? Like yeah. awesome has been around for quite some time. 
Like, yeah. they don't still say far out. They don't say radical. So when you're watching an 80s movie, like, that's clear. Radical, far out, yeah. um, 90s, talk to the hand. So there are certain not, things. Not, not is not one of the things I get. As not if, has gone completely away. Yes. Yeah. But now we've got things like, oh, that's so lit. Yeah. Um, and before that, things were legit. Uh, like, I'm trying too to keep legit. up with as things. Too legit to quit. <laughs> too legit to quit. Um, but the fundamental way that people are using the language is the same. And I, the re- yes. I think that comes down to, I think that that's comes down saying. to movies and, and TV is that that's because the, the cycle doesn't change really with movies and TV. I think that you start at about the sixties. And I think that once you get into the sitcoms of the sixties and the way the sitcoms stuck around in the sixties and seventies, I think you could watch, I think you could watch bewitched today and go like, it doesn't seem that weird. I think it's right around that era where you go, you know, they still sort of talk the same and we're coming up on, you know, we're coming up on 80 years since Bewitched. Mm-hmm. That's what you I'm know, saying. Like, like, I think what 80, we've come no, to realize. Yeah, my math is way off. 60 years since Bewitched. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I, like, I think we've come to realize that, like, language doesn't really change that dramatically and as, certainly not as dramatically as technology does. And so I think that that's why we're seeing kind of, even though we've got Like Star a homogenization Trek, of the way people talk yeah like so it feels more like you expect them to, to talk because i think that there's a, a and maybe this is true maybe it isn't but i think perhaps they think with the younger generations in particular right perhaps they won't be willing to deal with the elevated language it's like shakespeare not many people like there's a, a certain number of people that like they're not going to be into shakespeare it's work right to be able to understand what he's saying there like, and that's not to say that you're stupid or whatever you know if you i'm not you know Aspersions on anyone who doesn't like Shakespeare, simply that there's a, that's another barrier of entry, right? And since the goal, I feel like right now, in terms of the shows that people are making, they it's because it's so populated, we really want to take out as many of those barriers as possible. And I think that's why, and we're more allowed, and there's more of an allowance, right? We can say shit and fuck now on CBS All Access. So we don't need to like, to not do that and to come up with some other way of being upset about something some more formal way well it's, and so it's we worth can feel noting. more I mean, like we know these people let's now let's let's say it's worth noting i love lucy predated star trek and they were very informal the way they spoke in i love lucy you know and and rebel without a cause for the, like like you had arthur miller writing some of his very key things that were not as formal i think that there was a desire in the way they did star trek to emulate um, a theatrical experience, like a yeah, small I think they were trying. They were going for an otherness on purpose. And That's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, um, and I think and that I think translated we're, we're to, to the not way that, that Star Trek now, spoke. Right. Um, I th- I think that that's the difference. I think that back when it started, they were going for an otherness on purpose, and now they're going for a sameness, not an otherness, because we they want to bring more people in. See, I think what I love about Discovery that I think Discovery's done very well is that you have a character like Tim who speaks like we speak but then you have a character like Stamets who does not speak like we speak yeah he's not an alien nope. he's a human mm-hmm. um and you have uh you have uh who is the first captain uh Lorca 
who spoke very much like your classic Star Trek's captain, but then you have Pike who spoke like a regular dude. Yep. And so I think you you have the idea that like there there are people who still speak the way that we speak and there are people who speak sort of Star Trek speak. So you can kind of almost see, you know, the relation. I mean, it's it's I get what you're saying and I and I I don't think the language would be a problem for me with the Orville. The direct the problem I guess for me it is and this is again it's it's a we have a, a buffet of opportunity. We have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to what we have to turn to um as of this recording stranger things season three just uh dropped on netflix oh i already finished it so <laughs> you kidding i have not i have not like even when i knew it. the date i was like all right you should like take off work we should <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. That's what's I, happening. I, we we were going to start it, um, but Mrs. J as a, is as of today, two days into a six day trip a, abroad. So we decided not to start it. We're going to start it when she gets back. Oh, um, dude, you were in for such a fucking treat from the moment. So, from moment one, it is amazing. There is there is a world when I was growing up where we could not do that. It would be the only thing that there is to watch. That's what it was like when Star Trek was on. You know, the, yep. back when I was watching, back when I was watching the abysmal Knight Rider 2099 that oh, was God. on, that was on right before Star Trek on DC 20, because it was there. It was, it was a sci-fi <laughs> show. It was like, I, I didn't have much. To and even from. at that, think about that. Even then, how long did that show not last? And people like, yeah, didn't have nearly as many choices. What like I was say? watching Kung Fu The Legend Continues. An oh underrated my God, show. I watched that show. I bet you haven't thought about that show in 30 years. I haven't. Um, not until you just said it. Um so uh so when I look <laughs> I can't believe I just brought up Kung Fu The Legend Continues. <laughs> That's fucking amazing, dude. I loved that when, show. I when I think about it now it though, it's horrible. Like it's like probably contextually awful. Yeah, yeah. The original Kung Fu is it has not aged well when you go, Oh dude, David Carradine's totally a white guy. Oh yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it was supposed and that shit to be, didn't even occur to me as a kid, but like here's I, here's I the see truth how about it's show. insensitive that now. That show you know was I mean? written. That show was written for Bruce Lee, and then they didn't cast him. That's he was all ready up. to do it. He was all ready to do it, and they didn't cast him. Anyway. Oh, that um, should have been Bruce Lee. I love John Carradine, don't get me wrong, but it should have been Bruce I also Lee. love David Carradine, who is the one in the show, but we'll oh, just keep sorry. Going. You know who I meant. <laughs> Suck a dick. <laughs> John, I would like John to Carradine, John Carradine's there going like, hey, I'm good. I'm good too. Remember me? I've been in a bunch of your favorite stuff. Um, the Caradines uh, are good. Star okay, Trek, I think at one point was he? No, <laughs> I think so I could be wrong. Um, so but the thing so. is, is like I don't even miss the fact that I wasn't able to start uh, Stranger Things because I was still watching the last seasons. I'm on the most recent season of the Arrowverse, and in the Arrowverse, they just had a major crossover in the Arrowverse from last last season called Elseworlds. That was amazing. It was everything I ever wanted on TV in a superhero TV show. It was the wow. grandest crossover. That they quite couldn't the stop saying the word. They couldn't stop saying the word crisis, which, if you know anything about DC Comics history, is amazingly huge. And can I? Do you still watch the Arrowverse shows? I, I have not been caught up. I told you I have. Um, I have to like look it up and figure out what what order, and that's always irritating. So but look no at idea. that. Do you did you ever imagine there would be a world where there were three like major superhero shows on TV, and you'll be like, yeah, I'll get to them. Oh yeah, like no. that's a, that's incredible, it's nutto, right? Can, can I tell you? Can I tell you how the crossover begins? It doesn't spoil anything except the first two minutes of the crossover. Oh my! It's completely separated from anything you, if else. If you feel like you must, I feel like I must. It's it, it, it's from like six months ago. 
It starts out with, ready for this? The 1990s Flash running through time to go contact Barry Allen from the one that we're watching. Now, what? John Wesley Shipp was on Flash as I Barry's dad. I was his father. Yeah. This is not Which that. Is awesome. This is this is him in the muscly flash shoot suit from the from the 1990s show. That's playing awesome. Barry Allen from that show. Oh, that's running through cool. time to send a warning to the Barry Allen from the Earth that we know. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. So, minor spoiler for how that works out. Um, that is a completely dropped plot line, which I think they're going to pick up next season. So when I say it's not a big spoiler, it happens at the beginning and then nothing else happens with it. He neither lives, dies, nor fights. He has a two-minute scene that disappears. And you get the feeling that like there's a big going to be a big crossover this upcoming year, which is Arrow's last year. It's worth noting that, and this is bizarre, there is a shot of Stephen Amell in a boardroom meeting at the Warner Brothers offices with Tom Welling, who played Superman in Smallville. Now, there is already a Superman on Supergirl that factors heavily into the crossover, but my understanding is I think they're going to try and pull in every DC show that's ever been on television in the next one. I think they're trying to pull in all of them. That would the canceled really ones, cool. Lois and Clark. Oh, I loved them. Lois and Clark. I loved that show. Wouldn't that be amazing? How awesome would it be to see Tom Welling as Superman from Smallville next to Dean Cain as Clark Kent, oh, next Cain. to next to John Wesley Shipp as the, as the 90s, like, Barry out like how great would that be how be I mean, it's awesome amazing. enough like that's it's awesome enough that Const- right. well you know did you watch constantine when it, when it was on tv uh not when it was i did watch it but it didn't last very long i watched i wound up watching it because i got to a point it was so funny i was watching arrow and there was this moment like i've watched enough sh- like i pretty much why people should listen to me when i tell them what they should do in a movie because i've watched enough of them like movies tvs what have you like i know what i'm fucking talking about and it was because of that i knew i have to find out who that is because it was like this moment when constant the constantine crossover episode when he like looks up and they do this thing they do the like close up and the music and i'm like i'm supposed to know who that is and i don't fucking know who that is i was like i guess i better find out who that is and so i went and it was supergirl they constantine had a show on nbc that got canceled. And it was good. Like, so I wound up going back and watching Constantine because I was like, I have to find out who this is. I feel like I can't go so, forward until I know who he is. And so I found well, Constantine the thing. and if I you, watched all if, of it and it was good. If you felt robbed by the end of Constantine that like, I never got to see what happened to him next. And frankly, him on Arrow doesn't resolve his show at all. He's just No, it doesn't. Arrow. No, it's right. like a, a he's chapter. Now, really. He's now one of the legends of tomorrow. Oh, awesome. And this That's entire cool. season is about him and resolving things from his storyline oh that's cool how nice that they it's have the ability really to cool that. and here's the thing i love the time bureau is now capturing magical creatures it feels like agent angel season five which is my favorite season of television ever produced so it's really cool you know that you know that feel of angel of wolfram and Hart in angel season five where like they're kind of like monsters and they're kind of like everywhere and you're just kind of like cool with it that's that's <laughs> that's very much what the time bureau is doing okay, it's really right. neat it's a it's the show is bonkers. It's really dumb. It's beyond dumb. It knows it's dumb. Like like I kid you not, the last episode I watched was called Legends of Tumiao Meow. Stop it. 
<laughs> one of the legends gets turned into a cat at the beginning. Oh dear. And it's called Lord. Legends of Tumiao Meow. There has been an episode where the entire cast gets turned into puppets. Lest you think the angel getting turned into puppet was okay. Now it's the entire cast of the Legends of Tomorrow being puppets and singing songs. It's wow. awesome. And it's so fun. It's just it's off the rails. It knows it is and it's having so much fun. It's a great show. Anyway, what my point is like when it comes to the orb and when it comes to Stranger Things, stuff like that, the idea that Stranger Things could drop and I'm like, I'll get to it. I have not watched Jessica Jones. It's dropped. And it's not for lack yeah. of wanting to. It was, just, it was just like, do I watch Jessica Jones? Well, the the crossover from last season is going on. I'm four episodes behind on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And and I when Discovery was on, as I was watching that, I caught up on all of Game of Thrones when that was happening. So like... Like, oh, you can watch Game of Thrones now. I can? You can. The show is oh, over. Oh, because it's done, yeah. The yeah, show is over. For fucking the sh- HBO the show is over, and George R. R. Martin has said, hey, where the book stopped and the show continues, I'm doing something else. So the show, like characters are dead in the show who are alive in the books, alive in the show who are dead in the books, and he's come straight out and said, yeah, that's the ending they did was great, which nobody else agreed with. Um yeah, I heard uh, somebody mention that it sucked. <laughs> but here's the deal with TV. that. Even then, if I can touch on Game of Thrones really quickly, yes, there is a dip in quality on Game of Thrones. But fucking there's dragons and magic and and battles and stuff explodes. And and like, <laughs> dude, in 1995, that would have been the greatest show ever. The worst episodes of Game of Thrones. So like like we when I say that we have an embarrassment of riches in front of us, that yeah. I'm talking about a world where I, Jessica Jones is out and I haven't gotten to it and I want to. I never watched season two of Iron Fist and there'd be a world where that would be the most amazing. I don't think that Air Iron Fist, for instance, is any worse than that 1990s Flash show. And believe me, I've gone back and tried to watch it. Guess what? It sucks. It's not good. <laughs> it's not it's not, good. But at the time, I would never miss it. I would never miss it in a million years. I watched every episode of that show. And we live in a world now where I can go, well, Iron Fist does not live up. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, and Jessica Jones, <laughs> true. I really want to watch Jessica Jones, but I'm too busy watching an episode with 1990s Flash crossing over with Superman, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash. You know, all of these people are on here. And eventually I'll get to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a spinoff of, by the way, the 23 like movie long Marvel epic that's going on as I wait for new Star Wars like like there's so much to watch yeah. that I can't get to it <laughs> it's very so true. like I fear I fear that the only reason I will ever watch the Orville is going to be for this show and I would have to hit a real lull in the other things because I feel now like I'm watching I'm watching the shows from I just watched the Christmas episodes of Arrow. That's where I am. Like I'm a year behind on everything because every day I want to watch something, I have 70 choices and they're all pretty good. They're all yeah. pretty okay. So I want to get to the Orville. I fear that I never will. And if I do, it will be homework. And I don't want to watch the, it's a comedy show too. I don't want to watch a comedy show as homework. So I mean, it I becomes know. less funny. I will say that. I mean, it's still funny. I think because of the characters um, that are more like people, you know, and so that's sort of continuing, like continually funny, but it's not jokey in the same way. It's not like, can you open this jar of pickles? Jokey. Oh, hey, hey. Um, you know, I, you know, maybe I could, you know, what, what I could try and do, I don't have a show that I watch, which is really interesting. Do you have shows that just you watch that Mr. A will not watch that are just oh, shows for you? I, uh, I don't have any shows that he won't watch, but he He's gone so often that there are many shows I'm. It's it's okay for me to watch without him. I just have to watch them with him again, and that is slow going. So 
the only thing we watched like all of together was Stranger Things. Like usually I'll watch a thing and then he'll watch it after like with me. And also I'll have watched it twice. But uh, except for there was when Vampire Tire was, was on, he would watch it. Like if I was watching it, he didn't need to be caught up. He didn't need to, you know what I mean? Like he did not care for that show because that show was terrible. I watched that show <laughs> for one reason and one reason only. <laughs> and so Boon from that Lost. show was, yes. <laughs> but he would boom just be lust, like, boom from lust. It would just I basically, a, if I, I was metal like, song I, that I'm going to write about it. I was like, I have to finish. I have to, I'm sorry. He's like, all right, just get me caught up. Who's dead? Who's alive? How ridiculous has it gotten? I take like five minutes just to tell him the ridiculous crap that is that show. And that would be it. Like, and he'd just watch yeah. it with me and that's fine. But yeah, he, that was definitely a show I was watching on my own. Cause like he had no desire to watch that trait, which I totally get. <laughs> Yeah. No, Boon 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 from Lost, uh, which is actually Norwegian for "Please don't check your wife's search history," because guess what? Um, Damon. <laughs> he is so fucking sexy. <laughs> like, sorry. I guess he's he's always going to be Boon from Lost for me. Like, would just drop say. a plane on him. See, at least um, my husband can acknowledge alert. that that is a beautiful man. That that is he a is good a looking dude. Well, here's the thing. Um, Mrs. J has asserted as she was watching the show that she was not attracted to the actor Ian de Croissant or whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> the, it was not the actor. She said it was the character. If I were to watch, he David. said if I were to. She said if I were to watch Lost right now, I would not be attracted to Boone. Like, it, oh it yeah, not, no, I agree. Yeah, said, him, him and Lost did not Damon. do it for me. It's him it's as David Damon. that, that yeah. does it for me. <laughs> um, weird. Uh, so the I don't I don't have I don't have that. Uh, Mrs. J has plenty of shows that she watches without me. Um, the Good Girl, uh, uh, not The Good Girl, The Good Place, um, is oh, is a one great that, show, that she loves. Um, that's the one she's on now. But there's been a bunch. She's on the one. She's watching the one right now with Lily Tomlin and with uh, oh Frank, uh, Grace and Frankie. It's so good too. It's yeah, she show. loves that too. I can't watch a fictional show without her. I don't have one. I'll listen to plenty of podcasts, and I listen to a ton of podcasts. I've listened to in the last few days. I probably listened to 15 hours of podcasts in the last three days, which is that's you know says a lot about where. I am right now in my life. Yeah. Um, if I turn on the TV, I'll put on a documentary. Um, and I've watched a bunch of documentaries without without her, but it's I have a hard time. So maybe I know that she's not interested in the Orville at all. She burned out on it. So is it available? Where do is it on? Um, yeah, it's all Netflix? of it's on Hulu. Like it's on Hulu. Yeah, all of it's on Hulu. Like it's not one of the ones like fucking Agents of Shield, which I thankfully just because of you. So thank you for that. I was able to get to just in time. Like I think before yeah, I had seventy two hours before the first episode of the last of the last season was going to be gone. Did um, you catch up? Are you so caught up was, on Agents of Shield? Um, mostly caught up. I think I don't know if they've had. Episodes. Have you watched this season? Yeah, no, I've watched this season. I just not, isn't it good now? I mean, it, I feel like it's kind of always been good. So. Uh, yeah, okay. First of all, you hated Daisy back when Daisy I've was always Sky. hated her. I have always Do you like hated her. Better her. Now? Um, she, yes, she's definitely gotten better. I will. Hers is probably the biggest arc of finally not totally sucking. But what is with every season they gotta fucking change her hair? Like, what is that about? Like, come on. You know what's interesting? I felt like now this we've got to give her like we'll different. give her this long hair and we'll kind of put like a we'll put a little purple in it down here so she looks edgy because they're in space right now. Like, I felt like this season so she looks stupid. totally different. I don't know if she like lost a lot of weight 
or it's the is, hair. They always. It's change not just hair the hair. It's not season. just the hair. You know, it's interesting. She wrote at one point. This is an interesting point to talk about. She wrote at one point about how there's a way they do makeup to make Asian characters look less Asian. Huh. And that and and that that you know because she is she's 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 a, an Asian woman. Um, and, really? or at least partially Asian, and they they did things to make her less so um, in the show. And I think huh. that she, uh, you know, I she has sort of stepped out. Um, I wish I had the article to reference right here now, but she stepped out and said that that's a problem that she has had, and maybe she has insisted that, like, yeah, hey, stop doing that. Um, huh. Which is uh, which is awesome. I think that I will say this hands down that there i'm trying to think of another romantic relationship that hits me as hard in the entire in, in the entire marvel cinematic universe as fitz and simmons from ages oh of they're Shield. my yeah they're my people for sure um, and that's why i'm are, a little frustrated like the constant like can you just let those poor people be a fucking piece already like come i know but on, you man. can't i mean that's the show though that's the like no fuck I, that shit <laughs> Yeah, if one of them dies, I'm gonna. I will. I would probably turn on the show if they are den- fully denied their happy ending. The last episode of the show needs to be them going off into the sunset together. It must. It fucking be. better. It fucking better. Like, I don't mind them struggling and I don't mind them hurting, but they had better get to a positive destination and they had better get there together. If they pull a Xander and Anya on me, spoiler alert, I'm gonna be really fucking pissed off. Oh um, yeah, because like, they need like, they need to no. end up together. Yeah. Um, so are that you watching this season? So acceptable. are you watching that? But you you've watched this seasons of this season of Agents of Shield then? Um, yeah. The have my, you seen Avengers Endgame yet? No. Have you seen Infinity War at least yet? No. No. What are you doing Sorry. to me? So okay. I do it on purpose just to fuck. Still can't talk about it. <laughs> Infinity War's but, right there. It's on Netflix. No, I, ha- I own it. I'm I'm looking at it. I just haven't watched it. All right. Well, we'll get to <laughs> I will get to. I will. I will try to make a concerted effort. I have to watch Ant Man and the Wasp first. Is the thing. So it's like a whole journey. Hey, if you want to hear me talk about Avengers: Infinity War for four episodes, tune into the Totally Super Podcast, where we review every superhero movie ever made. In the meantime. Um, <laughs> so but I will I say a, the, I, the one episode this past season that I think was probably my favorite was Fear and Loathing in whatever wherever it was. Yeah, like, that was amazing. The, they they were so adorable when they were. I don't think it's the air. <laughs> Guys, if you're not watching, here's the thing. I totally get that the first half of season one, maybe all of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was hard. I get it that you guys probably watched it and tuned out. I understand that. If you understand that season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. begins with the Hydra turn from Captain America, um, the Winter Soldier, and the where the show goes from that moment forward, it is just up and up and up and up and up. The show remains consistently great. Has the best version of Ghost Rider you're ever going to see. Um, oh, definitely. Is, the Ghost Rider in that in the show is amazing. And wasn't is, that a lovely when he's like, you keep staring at me like that, my head's going to set on fire. Yeah, it was such a so great callback good. moment. It's so good. I, I, I really suggest it for all of you who are wondering whether or not you should see it. I give it a high recommend. You have to get through the first season. But what good show didn't have a rough first season? Buffy? Next Gen, DS9. Yeah, tons you know, of shows. I mean, there are tons Discovery, of shows now that Discovery had but... a rougher first season. Like, yeah. it's, like it's worth Most the Most shows investment. need to find their feet, man. Come on. Most shows with a great season, great first season, go downhill after after that. There is no season of Lost as good as the first season of Lost. And there no, are plenty of other shows where the first season's awesome. I'm looking at you heroes. That, that yeah. the rest of the show just goes off the rails. Um, I had a Star Trek experience, in point of fact, in yes. the last 
uh, few weeks, I went to go see Star Trek First Contact at the Smithsonian. And what I realized when I went in there is, of course, I'm seeing it in a room full of Star Trek fans. Because of yeah. course I am. Who else goes you. to the Smithsonian on the weekend uh, to go see a Star Trek film? Now, it is... The first thing, just like I think all of you should watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I also think all of you should move to the Washington, D.C. area, because then you could go to the Smithsonian. Um, <laughs> isn't that shitty of me? <laughs> fucked up. Like, like I know, like, like they're, like someone's like listening to us in Ohio going, really, dude? You're an asshole. Cut it out. <laughs> You're such a dick. Don't say that shit. <laughs> just go, to, go move to D.C. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> It's um, fine. Justin told us we should. Could I could I sound more elitist than, than saying yes, you should I I went to <laughs> the Smithsonian Institution. To the, to the GC area. I I'm I think everyone should go there. So they go to the Smithsonian Institution where I here's the great thing about going to see a movie at the Warner Brothers Warner Brothers Theater at the uh, Smithsonian Institution for American History, which is the museum that it's in. On the bottom floor where the theater is, I'm not kidding you. I'm I'm not kidding. A fucking 1989 Batman Batmobile is just right there. It's just right there. The it's best. One of my Batmobile. favorite Batmobiles. It's the best, but and it's just right there. You walk in, you're like, oh, hi, Batmobile. Huh. Oh, <laughs> good to that. see you, Batmobile. Oh, nice to see you. Oh, <laughs> How good. <are> we today? <laughs> then you then you turn the corner, and it's got the cowl and a batarang from the George Clooney Batman, and it's got Linda Carter's Wonder Woman outfit next to a bunch of classic comic books up on the wall. Oh, and, and Wolverine's claws in a comic book retrospective thing. They're wow. playing all the movies from the from all the movies from the 90s. I know that Batman's 80s. 89, but they're doing uh, or, or no no I'm sorry they're doing all the movies from the 90s which is why they're doing Star Trek 6 7 uh 6 7 8 9 right so they're doing uh uh Star Trek 6 and Generations and then they did First Contact and Insurrection because those, those were the 90s uh Star Trek movies but it's part of a whole big long thing next is the Keanu Renaissance where they're going to be doing Speed uh, Bill and Ted and John Wick is what they're doing there. <laughs> it's oh, they're the not doing the Matrix? Either uh, not. And I'm wondering why. And it's in the Warner Brothers Theater. And I wonder why they're not. I don't like, I wonder if like, like that it's is clearly be of, the best Keanu Reeves of like, unless they already did like a sci-fi retrospective. They're always doing a retrospective there. So either move to DC or get yourself a Smithsonian. If you're out there somewhere. <laughs> get yourself. <laughs> You can get a Smithsonian. Just go for to yourself. your local town hall and say, yeah. "What we would like is a, like Smithsonian, a Smithsonian with an IMAX theater." Get on that. <laughs> so, so we went to go see it. The, the, it was it was about half. I mean, full. it truly is cool that we have the ability to do that. Like yeah, that's, when people I mean, say to me, "Like, hey, I want to go see a movie in IMAX," and then they talk about like some regular theater, I'm like, "That's not." IMAX. No, 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 no. No, you don't understand. You, you have not been in the Airbus IMAX theater at, at yeah, the Ubra I'm going to go to IMAX. I'm going to go to a 26 story fucking screen. I'm going to go to real IMAX. Man, that yeah. IMAX is so not IMAX. The I should be lowercase, like it's from the iPhone. It's yeah. No, it's, 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 it's an Emacs. It's an Emacs. Yeah. Is what it is. Like it's extra. I get it. It's not the same as a regular size screen. It's not it even not that extra anymore. IMAX. Like I, I went to go see a theater. A, a, I went to see Spider-Man in IMAX. But the day before I went to go see Yesterday, which is a great movie um, in the theater next to it. 
and it wasn't that different. I mean, it wasn't that different. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so so I went to go see it. The theater was about half full. It was cool to see people. Nobody in costume, but a lot of people in Star Trek shirts. I in fact was wearing nice. my black Star Trek shirt. It was just a black T-shirt, but it has a Starfleet insignia. Um, nice. which it's kind of cool, kind of subtle. A lot of people in disco shirts, actually shirts that just say disco, which made me very happy. Um, <laughs> and we saw Star Trek First Contact. The first thing that struck me, they showed it on film. Oh, that's so re- cool. It was really cool. Had all the age spots and stuff, but for part of the film, they didn't line up the projector right. And I got oh, no. to see, so the fact they didn't line up right meant that the bottom half of the screen was a part of the film that you're never intended to see on the very bottom. And I saw, and this is, really struck me, I saw the little like cut line every time they did an edit between one person and the other. And it occurred to me, oh, this was cut on film. This was not edited in a computer. This was actually cut on film. So I'm actually seeing the scissor line, sorry, the scissor line for when the film is actually cut, when it's actually edited. That's actually what I'm looking at every time they cut, you know, Riker, Troy, Riker, Troy, Riker, Troy. As they're cutting back and forth, I'm seeing this little like white squiggle at the bottom every time they're cutting between them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the actual edit line from when, like, when the editor cut the film. And I was mesmerized by that for a while. I found it entrancing. I'm glad my son who was with me, um, uh, who had seen the movie, who's a big Star Trek fan, my older son, um, was with me, but he appreciated like the humor in it. Can I tell you how tickled he was when Picard goes up to uh, to the Phoenix in Star Trek First Contact? Of course, that's Zephram Cochran's ship, the first warp ship, puts his hand on it, and Data goes, why are you doing that, sir? And he goes, he goes, it's more real to me. I got to see it hundreds of times when I was a boy in the Smithsonian. <laughs> and, and that's the best. Me, I mean, I got to say, well, I saw, and I didn't care for, well, I think it was, yeah, it was the second Transformers movie, so it was pretty bunk, but they had scenes at the Udrahazi. Yeah. And so I got to say, like, there was something very cool about watching it in IMAX and seeing and having reference to the place where I'm, like, literally sitting. Yeah, that was so neat. I was watching a movie where they're talking about seeing things, but it's in the future, talking uh-huh. about things in the Smithsonian, which have not yet been placed in the Smithsonian. But totally or at would the Smithsonian. be, right? So, you know, so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because Picard says, but I never got close enough to touch it. And that's so true about the Smithsonian. I know. I, every time, like you're not allowed to touch the things. I it's either touch in the so box. Bad. It's either in the box or it's just like just far enough away that you can't mm-hmm. quite get to it. Can't quite get it uh and they oh, don't you want could, you to touch you that you, you know you'd get kicked out right away yeah, like that's, like that's the experience of going to the smithsonian so it's which of course if you're like me and probably like you i grew up going to the smithsonian like five times six times a year like i could i could walk the air and space museum blindfold like i've wow. been there so many times i've been there i've been there probably 300 times that's like, amazing good for you i've only ever been there by myself um the one downtown yeah the original i didn't go as a kid like my parents weren't really i think that we like when we first moved here we probably i don't remember that like we probably did a whole like all the dc like touristy stuff probably but like after that we never really went into dc to do touristy because both my parents i think it's probably because my parents worked in dc and dc is a fucking nightmare like it is and if i worked there i totally would get not wanting to go back like when i was well so here's the deal right i grew 
grew up. Theater there, I did not want to go back in for fun. I was like, all right, if I'm going to be here for theater anyway, I'll go hang out and do this first or I'll do that. When I was in high school, it's worth noting when I was in high school that I was walking distance from a metro station on the red line. Oh, yeah, I was further out. Like, I so there was it was possible for me to just leave my so I would go with friends and and go to the air and space, the only one I was interested in seeing. But it's worth also noting that being in DC, and this is still the case. I still go to the Smithsonian like four times a year, five times a year when I go with whoever's come to visit DC. Mm. Someone comes to visit DC, we go to the Smithsonian together. And that's really the only time I go, except now recently I've been going for like these screenings and stuff. Um, But seeing First Contact on film was really cool. The film holds up. It's worth noting there was a time they made films with the intention of it being seen in a theater with people. And it's you don't realize how funny a film that is. It's a really funny movie. There's a lot of jokes. And when you're yeah. watching the film, you don't realize how funny it is. You think of you know, Insurrection, I think of, as the jokes that don't work. Um, I think of, of Generations as being a somber film, but with some of the best jokes, the data jokes. Um, but First Contact is just like, even in serious scenes, when Lily's walking around and going, you mean you don't get paid? It's amazing. It's an amazing joke. It's a joke I totally forgot about having seen the film a bunch. Because I've seen her go, the, the, the economics of the future is quite different. We no longer use money. And and she goes, you mean you don't get paid? It, I, <laughs> forgot that, I forgot that that was a joke. It was just a line. It's just become a line over the years. So when she yeah. goes, it means you don't get paid, and I hear an audience laugh. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot. <laughs> like I still laugh. I still laugh at this. Is no time to argue about time. We don't have the time. What was I saying? <laughs> it's still funny. It's still really. <laughs> that's really, fucking. That's like the best. <laughs> what are we looking at? This is now. What we're looking at is now. <laughs> oh, are we going spaceballs now? Um, You know what I think? I think that's the movie where we make the transition from she just stops playing Counselor Troy and she's just Marina Sirtis from this point forward. (laughs) Like, I I don't feel like there's no resemblance between Marina Sirtis in that the bar scenes with Zephyr Cochran, where she spends a lot of her time and and the Counselor Troy I knew from the show. And she gets further and further in every subsequent. And now that I've met her a couple of times, I'm like, oh, like the Marina Sirtis I'm meeting doesn't look or act anything like the prim and proper counselor Troy from the show who would storm out after after a conversation without saying goodbye and walk out of a room. Because, you know, I think it's amazing how I don't think you have any idea how good you can be. Turn, walk. And that's 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 the Troy maneuver. And I don't <laughs> see that at all in in her. But I absolutely see like like I heard somebody joke. I think this is unfair. But when we did AwesomeCon this year, and I said I met Marina Sirtis, somebody asked me, what was her blood alcohol level? I don't think that that's fair. She's a professional. She, I don't think that's fair. But I can see why somebody might say that. I think she is just laid back and having a good time. And good for her, tr- man. Like, I think that that's was awesome. not Troy. Troy did not. Like, Troy was so not laid back that a chocolate sundae made her come. Like that was like <laughs> Troy, Troy needed like, like the, the, the reason that she had such a shapely butt is because she had a stick so far up at most of the time. So <laughs> the fact that she's so relaxed by the time I don't get know to, about that. Like, think about it. Like, here's I'm just the making thing. jokes, guys. I'm just, I don't mean what I just said. 
I make like, a joke. I think, I've had a hard week. Give me yes, a, he, give he me a break. Has. I don't mean that. Well, Marina Sirtis, we'll, we'll I know you're a listener. Slack. I know that she <laughs> listens. I know that she's an avid Trek She's listener. totally listening. I, I don't think mean what I just said. The reason we see Troy um, be more proper generally, like she is still her mother's daughter. Yeah. Right. And her mother's pretty wild. And I think the reason when we see Troy when she's, you know, sort of younger and earlier on, there's a, there's a, a you know, trying to be not like mom, right? Like, mom, you are just ridiculous. And I think it's possible that that could easily have even been a choice. Been like, you know, this person, she is her mother's daughter. And as she's gotten older, she's more comfortable in her skin. She's less worried about the fact that maybe she's a little wild like her mom. So something just she's occurred less to pushing back. That's, that's that's honestly how I see it. And it may have been Marina Sirtis just being like bored and, and wanting to give her more life as well, which I certainly cannot blame her for. <laughs> well, so here's an interesting thing that's um I think that that we're at a point now where we are casting people for their personalities more not not I don't want to say more than for their acting ability because everyone who's getting cast now also has great acting ability but I just feel like maybe the pool of actors available has broadened um, because I don't feel like anyone in Next Gen was cast for their personalities with the exception of maybe Patrick Stewart like like yeah. when I look at when I look at Riker season one Riker I don't want to say season seven Riker where eventually the characters became the actors playing them but season one Riker is nothing like the Jonathan Frakes that I know um, or that I've met and that I've seen. I don't know the man personally. And and neither is Marina Sirtis. Clearly, Gates McFadden is nothing like Dr. Crusher. Um, across the board, I think that maybe Jordy is the most like um, LeVar Burton. But I think I look at Next Gen, I go, none of those people are really like that. And it goes into DS9 too. I've met Renee Bourgeois, nothing like Odo. And everything I've known about Nana Visitor is that she's she's really a free spirit, kind of a wild child. Whereas Cisco was so straight-laced. And in fact, Avery Brooks is also a bit of a wild child. So, oh, God, yeah. I mean, the man answers questions with keep, like, literally answers questions by playing the piano. Yeah, like he's, he loves jazz so much, his personality like is jazz. That is definitely not Cisco. Do you know what I mean? It, like, that If you is were to do a craniotomy on him, shit. you'd open his head and it would just be jazz. There's just jazz in there. <laughs> That's all he's got. So, like, it's so, um, it's think, so surreal to watch. You know what I mean? Like, when, like, <laughs> you're... Like actually, I think seeing, the man's a genius. I think the man is probably oh i i absolutely don't disagree like with you at all he's operating it's, on a different plane than the rest definitely like that's what i'm saying like and just seeing poor kirk like trying to get what you know would be a normal answer out of the man and he like plays this little tune and what's so weird is if you're open to it like if you try not to go well there he didn't say anything and you just like listen you feel his answer i'm just saying like i know that <laughs> see, sounds see, you gotta feel it you get you, <laughs> you gotta feel it. his answers okay so <laughs> like i guess what i guess what my question is so this sort suddenly occurred to me like we get to discovery and you go you know, clearly stamets is a you know is a, a character that, that his personality his personality comes into it right from moment one he is a gay actor playing a gay gay character a character an actor who's best known for rent before he did this um mm -hmm. 
certainly everything I've ever seen of of uh, Mary Wiseman is that she is a lot like Tilly. Um, certainly, you know, Doug Jones when he's doing Saru is doing that thing that Doug Jones does because if you see him across the board doing things that Doug Jones does, he is um, he's very Doug Jonesy. I was trying to remember what movie I recently saw with him um, that he's in just as himself, and I can't remember. I was just watching one the other day. I was like, holy crap! I think that's Doug Jones. It's like Die Hard or something. I wish I could remember. I would, you know what, what? I'm gonna do? If only I had a supercomputer in my pocket that gave me every single uh, piece of information I would ever need on anyone. Um, Doug Jones, IMDb. Thank always, you, always. tiny, tiny tricorder in my in my pocket. <laughs> Um, isn't it amazing that we is can that do that? Like, I, I am so of, I am so of, uh, I, I am so of my youth that I kind of forget that I can, oh yeah, he's in Batman Returns as, what? as, as the, the thin, like the thin clown in Batman Returns. He's right there. And I saw him and I was like, I think that's Doug Jones. I think that's Doug Jones slip, like slipping away there before he did any of the things that we really knew him for. The first time I ever, I ever really like clued in. Oh, he's also pencil head in Mystery Men. But the first time I ever clued into him was, of course, as the gentleman in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was a terrifying performance. Oh, um, yes. Imp- I guess my point is, is like everyone brings what they bring to it. Michelle Yeoh brings her Michelle Yeoh-ness to it. So my oh, question is, I love her Michelle Yeoh. Here's here's something I'm going to ask you. Can we right now for fun let us recast Star Trek: The Next Generation? And I'm going to take it a step further. You have to. I want you to go with characters that are, um, if possible, unless there's a character that just must be in this role. I would like to say, can we cast characters? that are people of color in the roles of Star Trek The Next Generation um, occasionally when we're going through. Because it's worth noting that Marina Sirtis is of, she's English, but she's of Middle Eastern descent. And they didn't let her go with that, like, at all. Like, it's hard to imagine that Majel Barrett is her mother. Like, her father, like, even Julian Bashir, they had the one episode, his name's Bashir. And they had the one episode where his parents showed up, and clearly they're like they're they're like British Indian. But with the yeah. exception of that moment, that's not a part of who he is anymore. Um, and they shied away. So I'm wondering who would you cast if we had to cast right now? Say, hey, we, you have 15 minutes to cast the the remake of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Who oh. embodies the characters of these people now today? Who do you cast in these roles? Um, uh. Star Trek The Next Generation. No, and don't do it. I'm sorry. You know how don't do it? You can't do it? <laughs> you you don't do it. You know how I feel about that shit. It's wrong. It's wrong to do? Yes. Are there personalities that, that embody these people, though? No. Like, I can certainly go. I can certainly say, if you waited 10 years, I think that Daniel Craig as as, uh, as Jean-Luc Picard really no works way. for me. But you no need way. 10 years. I think he need, needs Even 10 years. Even with 10 years, he doesn't have... Christian Bale? He doesn't have the regality? Christian Bale does. I see yeah, Christian Bale. But I don't see him as Picard. Like, you're talking, again, you're saying these people who just sort of already are the character as whoever yeah. they are. And I don't I don't know that that exists. Like, I'm trying to think. Picard's the somebody. hardest. I think Picard's the hardest because Picard is the one who seems the most like Patrick Stewart, right? I mean, I think yeah, that like he's, he's the hardest. Very, and, and he's very Patrick Stewart of that. Like, because we know the sort of, he's spoken. Who he is now. You know, he's, yeah, he's been very. It's weird guy. seeing him as Picard now because I know him as the guy in the lobster suit. Right? Like, 
Yeah, it's it's hard to go back from that. <laughs> well, like that just um, goes to show you, like, and he wasn't a young man when, um, like, when people who talk about, like, I think it was like forty seven. To kind of go back to the whole fucking. Have star, you seen the like, picture of him with hair? The screen test uh, no. he did with hair. No. Oh yeah, they gave him a wig. It's oh, out there. No. You can find it. I'm so Google glad that they shit. did not go with that. Um, but like how people get so upset at what happened with Luke in fucking Star Wars, and it's like, here's a really good example. Patrick Stewart was not a young man when he played Picard when he started sure, that yeah, show. late 40s early 50s and he has changed a lot since that man you know what I mean it's like that's that's life man you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah. nobody just stays stagnant and the same and I think that that uh, that's just that illustrates it so well I feel like, like in I, November I, we're going to be having this conversation a lot oh definitely I think it's going to be really interesting yeah. to see what he because he's a, I mean not only is he you know awesome just as he you know a human being but he is an incredibly thorough and talented actor and to and he spent a lot of time with that character so so here will you will you indulge me since i know this is a tougher exercise for you but i just yeah, want to hear I'll your let reactions. you yeah you can I have say prepared, what you think you would do it i will i have get prepared angry. nothing <laughs> i have prepared absolutely nothing um, as, as I said at the beginning of the show, I am in a weird emotional state recording the show. So that being said, um, if I have to, if you're forcing me to, who is the most, who is the most, who is the most <laughs> regal British actor we have in his like forties and fifties today? Cause I feel like we have young guys. I feel like we've got like, like your Daniel Radcliffe's. Um, and even your Tom Hollins who are coming up and stuff. Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. Yeah. He's not he doesn't have the regal face, but I guess we got used to the 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 Picard face and the bald head. We had to get used to that. And I think that yeah, I think I th- Cumberbatch. I think he can is pull ass- off the standing if 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 you mean if that's what you mean. He's a bit young. Yeah, I think I think but- Cumberbatch is Cumberbatch is the way to go. Okay, I can tell you who who is Riker though. And and I, I defy you to argue that this wouldn't work. Oh my Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Paul Rudd. I adore Paul Rudd, but no. Not early, not season one Riker, like season four Riker. Just jumping right into trombone Riker. Like Jumping into trombone Riker. Trombone Riker. Like 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 hopping right in. Does I know he doesn't quite have the sex appeal, but boy, is he laid back. He is he is sexy. What, are you kidding me? But but he doesn't. All right, let, let me let me. First. He doesn't have the beard. Like if he grew a no, beard, no, I don't know if I would be bad. convinced that he could impregnate the universe with a beard. Um, no. But he is so incredibly immediately likable. Um, oh, definitely. He, Paul Rudd is. He's definitely likable. I will grant you that. Now here's the thing: is he too much of a likable loser? Because that's kind of what he is. I, an no, Ant-Man. loser is not the word I would. He's he is too much of a life of a likable goofball. Yeah, I think he's just he's too funny you know, um, there is there, i gotta say this about about jonathan frakes who has done very good work here and there but he gives one terrible terrible line reading in star trek first contact that always bothered me and on the big screen it's even worse and it's when Zephram cochran can't find his tape but you don't know he's like wait what wait we can't leave without it and they're doing the they're they're, they're doing like the, the countdown we really can't leave without it wait hold on where is it where is it and he goes he goes jordy we got a board <laughs> 
He goes, Jordy, we got to abort the mission. He's just like, the way he delivers it, he clearly is giving just the world's worst line reading. And I can tell you, as a guy who is recently in cancellation, had to direct myself. And and I, some of the performance I gave this time around, I'm very happy with. But there are entire sections where I'm like, I want to, like, I just want to cut this, this conversation out of the film because I'm just not nailing it because my head is both on what's going on in the scene and also what's going on with me as an actor. And I get it now, but he's so terrible in that line. And he has that sort of detached, like I'm giving you what you think emotion should look like, but I'm not really emotionally there. Most likely because he's also, you know, frankly directing his first feature film and his head's in a thousand different places. And I get it now. I used to really make fun of him for it and I'm making fun of him for it now, but I'm doing it more lovingly now because now that I've like directed myself. it for yourself. You're like, oh, maybe yeah. it's not that I, easy. <laughs> no, it turns out it's really, really hard. Turns out that's <laughs> actually kind of hard or whatever. Yeah, it's tough. Um, and it's amazing he does as well as he does in other I could parts. never direct um, myself because then I would never be in anything. I'd be like, and this has to go and this has to go and yeah, that's Yeah, it's crap. tough. <laughs> um, all right, so if not Paul Rudd, um, if we're not going to give it to Paul Rudd, geez, I, Paul Rudd was the guy I wanted to go for because he is like the most likable guy in the history of likable guys. Um, you know who's really likable? You know, and, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because you brought up Paul Rudd and he. I have a thing for him. And there's somebody else who's kind of uh, downplayed a lot and that I have a thing for. And it was really interesting. I was watching like a YouTube video where they do the mean tweets, but like all his tweets were like chicks who wanted to like get with him in like dirty ways. And he was just like, like legit, but like blushing and like, thank you. And it was just the sweetest thing. It's Mark Ruffalo. I adore him. I adore him. He he's is, not Riker at all. No, but I adore he's, him. He's but got you know a great what? Heart. I, you know, you know who I cast as Riker. You know what? Let's make this fun. Let's just cast it from the Marvel Universe. That's what we do. We're gonna use Marvel Universe. Marvel Universe cast as next gen characters. You know who's a great Riker? Who is both likable, funny, but has that serious edge to him that Riker has to have sometime? Loki. Anthony Mackie, the Falcon. Oh. He's got all of it. He's funny. He commands. He's sexy, and he. Also, but but he has that kind of mili military edge to him. He's able to pull that off that Riker has to do sometimes. Huh. He'd be a great season one Riker. But I've also seen him sort of be funny with Cap. I think he'd be a great season one Riker, and I think he could grow into that other Riker. So I'm going to go with Anthony Mackie. Is going to be uh, is going to be. I mean, I'm not go. sure I see it, but that's just. Oh, it's hard. You know, here's the thing: it's hard to get past how very white the show is. I was just listening to a podcast. Oh about no, screen. it has nothing to do with that. Um, well, but it, I just haven't. I haven't seen as much of him as as you have, like because I haven't watched as much I guess, movies that feature him. Like he he becomes I, I more guess featured as, as the series goes but on. But it so. is worth noting that that I I uh, my mind originally you know is, is of course immediately going to white dudes i was just listening to a podcast about the movie scream about how one of the, it's a great pod I'll, I'll give it a shout it's a podcast called the rewatchables it's it's a it's a good show you should listen to it but they were talking about screams and they asked the question they said it was recorded in 2017 the episode i was just listening to and they said you know now 2017 the part of scream that ages the worst is that there isn't a single person of color with a line in the movie and really? that's one thing that wouldn't play today um huh. that you would just have like zero leading cast members um, who are people of color in in the movie, and I think that's I think that's super fair to a super fair criticism that, that and somebody asked, do you think that was a criticism, a deliberate criticism of the time of, of the of types horror of movies? movies? Yeah, I mean, possibly. But 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 the fact that it's not called out at all tells me that that's not part of the satire. It's just the fact that that's what they were doing. Anyway, 
Anthony Mackie's my go-to. Um, if I go to Data, um, it's really interesting to think because could Paul Rudd be Data? Do you think Paul Rudd could pull off Data? He's too silly. But here's He's the thing: great Data at can silly. be silly. Yeah, here's the thing, though. What did you say? You said you people who just like fit, and it's like that's just not a. Yeah, fit. you're right. You're right. We need someone like, who just brings who brings a data ness to how, who brings an android. You need someone who I is mean, Paul Bettany because he's already played an android. That's the only all I mean, we've ever seen him do. It's kind of the only thing I can think, you know what I mean. Like that's not the only thing we've ever seen him do. But like I mean, because he's been really he was hysterical in what was it? Ah, uh, oh, Heath Ledger and We Will Rock You, and it was really, but it was a period. Oh, Oh, and um, uh, first night. Yes, no, that he was first hysterical night. in that it? movie. Yeah, whatever so. that movie was. Yeah, I never saw that. Oh, um, he's so funny in that movie. He, so he can do the humor. Um, and he clearly that's... has played an android. So I mean, I don't know. Oh, you know I what? Hold on, Mark Ruffalo. No. Oh, you don't think so? He's super smart. He, he is. Seems super. He's got a he's, and he's got a good heart. He gets. He does have a sweetness and an innate like lovability about him. That even if he was trying to, that even if he was playing unemotional, so to speak, there would be that emotion that shines through somehow. Like, yeah, okay, yeah I you, guess I could see that. You need to get someone who immediately brings forth heart of gold. Like anyone can do the data part. Anyone can do the. I'm a, I'm a robot that has no emotion. Anyone can do that. You need someone who brings forth the feeling of having a. A heart a of gold. Heart. You know, yeah. I am going to do, I know this is going to seem like sort of out there, but go with me on this. He might be too old now, but I think Tobey Maguire, as much as I hate him because of after seeing Molly's Game, I was just like, oh, when I found out, have you seen Molly's Game? No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I've read bad things about the dude. But I think that oh. Tobey Maguire um, immediately makes me think that he's got a heart of gold when he when he's playing his roles, um, I, and yeah. he's a, he's a little bit emotionally detached. He's emotionally detached, but I absolutely believe his heart. So I could go to Maguire. I could also see um, a Mark Ruffalo. Data's hard. Okay, let's go. Let's jump right into Worf. Um, who strikes you as the, the thing about Worf that you have to deal with is that Worf is a goofball. Worf is the point of Worf is a comedy it, like what he is I've a heard point of comedy, to, but he is not comedic himself. No, he is, but he's, he's often the comedy man. mule. He is he has to pull off the drama, he has to pull off the aggression, but he's the comedy mule. A lot, oftentimes, it's the it, it falls to him to say the funny fish out of water line. You know, you know, and now permission to clean up the bridge. Like it just like you know, everyone kind of rolls their eyes at Worf. Um, but when it comes time for him to step up, he Worf is an idiot except for the Worf episodes where he's awesome does that make sense he's no good in any episode that's not a wharf centric episode but in a wharf centric episode he's a sage brilliant and he's incredible at everything he's a superman in the wharf centric episodes but in every other episode his point is to make a suggestion that nobody would ever take so <laughs> so who well, could- so you're saying just the marvel universe that's unfortunate because there's um i don't know if you've ever watched if you've watched any of into the badlands um it's a phenomenal show I've like not. you have to know what you're in for like it's it's like watching a painting sometimes it's hmm. that beautiful yeah you've mentioned it a few times um but this past season that i finished uh there's an actor that plays um like a religious zealot like a messiah type character and he is absolutely riveting and he's a big dude like he's a big fucking scary looking kind of a dude but he's got and he's got like that quiet reserved kind of anger like he's not and 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 the way he can just convey rage like he's about to explode like he's fucking brilliant i think his name's like it's a great name too it's like babo like b-a-b-o-u oh i can't remember his last name now 
because I'm always like, that's such a great name, Babbler. And I wonder if that's how you say it. I don't know, but he is riveting. And he would be, he'd be a cool wharf. Like, I think he would, I think he would knock it. Like, he, just like pull up a picture of him. Like, look up into the Badlands and like, he plays Pilgrim. And just, um, just look at him and you'll see what I'm saying. Like, I, 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 no, he, I think in his headshot, he's like smiling and he looks all nice and happy. What like, about, <laughs> hold on, hold on. What about Dave Bautista? What about uh, Drax? No, uh, I've only ever seen him be Drax, though. Drax is really dumb. Like, I love that about him. He's lovable in that way. But that's the only thing I've ever seen, I've ever seen him do. I'm sure he can do not that. But you were well, saying He's playing something. movies where he plays your generic action dude, too. Um, okay, if not Drax, Worf is tough. But I, I, I want to stick with this. All right, if not Drax, what about... Um, here's an interesting choice. What about uh Black Panther's uh the 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 woman who's in who's like in charge of all the uh, all the women warriors in Wakanda? Oh, she's fucking badass. I love her. But could she be befuddled and a little bit dumb? I think no. she's too smart. She's she's right. She's got the heroic part of warp. I could see her being an amazing Klingon. Um, so this is a word. So we're not only doing like gender swapping, but man. gender but, but gender Just personality. Who immediately says uh first. First season, first season wharf. If we're going for, she'd be great first season wharf. I don't think that she would end up becoming the comedy mule, though. I don't think that she could pull it off. I think she um, could be unintentionally funny, but not for having bad ideas. I think it would be a different kind of unintentionally funny. Then I got to go with Dave Bautista because I think that you know I've seen him pull off. Keep in mind, we've seen him pull off dumb, but he. I've also seen him pull off serious. Like I think there's a weird world where you could cast that guy as Data as well. Like huh. like. I think he's got the chops. Oh, I mean, um, that's a, we're, I thought we weren't talking chops at all. Like you were saying, like they kind yeah, of. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. I my 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 criteria was that we were just <laughs> going to pull in. Uh, now, we, if we I wanted to make he, something that was gender and skin color blind casting for next gen today, um, for what we for what we feel those characters are, I'm an I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. No, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana, specifically what she brings to <laughs> to Gamora. Pretty much what she is uh, is Gamora. It would, it would be Worf. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like like slightly slightly dumber than Gamora in the non Worf episodes, and slightly smarter than Gamora in the Worf episodes, and she's absolutely pulling it off she's practically that already yeah 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 when she gets upset about the devil music when he tries to kiss her like yeah and it's cute yeah and there's, funny. there's yeah there's a world where she could where she can pull off both of those things so okay so so so, so saldana is worth which is amazing crusher's <laughs> tough you yeah. know what's tough to me about crusher i feel like she is when i say there's eventually i feel like she's just gates mcfadden crusher never had anything to do she's such a blank slate they I give know, her they, a they, lot they of they so did not give her enough to do that poor woman she's she's got a lot of so details i can tell you a lot about crusher i can tell you about her background i can tell you that she dances she directs theater she's into archaeology she had a thing with the captain she's got a dead ex-husband she's a mother she's got i can i can tell you more about her i can tell you shit about jordy i can't tell you anything about jordy but there's nothing sort of Except fundamentally. That he has trouble with the ladies. That's the only thing. Can there's tell you about there's nothing crushery about her. She's just kind of there. <laughs> um, Which so is such a bring... waste of Gates McFadden, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah. Who, yes. by the way, who is who is this vibrant personality and who is a decent actress when she's called on to do things? She does them. I mean, she'll have sex with a candle any day of the week. Uh, who pulls off sexy MILF at the same time as being able to be super genius and at the same time able to be sort of 
of a parental figure to everyone on the ship when necessary. Who are we going to, who possibly steps in in that role? Um, I mean, there, I, there's a case to be made for for Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, but not Gwyneth yes. Paltrow. I'm thinking specifically Pepper Potts right now. Yes. Um, I, yeah, that, I feel, that could work. Yep. In that Pepper Potts is a little bit bland. <laughs> um, she's capable, but bland. Um, I'm I'm hoping that given two seconds of thought that we can do slightly better than Pepper Potts. Um, it's certainly not Black Widow. Uh, cer- certainly not Captain Marvel. I haven't even seen um, Captain Marvel. Have you seen Spider-Man Homecoming? Is that the one with... With Tom Martin Holland? King? Yeah, you have? I think so. It's the first new one, right? Yeah, it's the only one other than the one that's in theaters. Yes. So you have... Then I'm going to make a case for Marissa Tomei. Oh, Aunt May. Aunt May. I'm going to make a case for her. I think she'd actually be better as Troy. No, no. I feel like Troy. I feel like Troy needs to bring a sensuality that I don't think that she's playing in Aunt May. Now, now Marissa Torme, I know Marissa can bring Marissa Torme has that. Yeah. Aunt May mind. does not. But but Marissa Torme, so if you haven't seen her in The Wrestler, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's so many things Marissa Torme but, but here's intrinsically the thing. got that. So here's the thing. Do you believe that she's smart? Do you believe that she's capable? Do you believe that she's motherly, but is also the MILF? And I think she's all four of those things. Yeah, but Whereas if you Troy, use her as... Who, who do you use as Troy then? Well, I mean, I don't... I mean, if ultimately we have to cast Bruce Troy in both parts, we can. But I want to stay at... at I think Crusher Pepper say, Potts is better as Crusher and she's better as Troy. That's just my I think that Marissa Tomei elevates Crusher. I think she has the innate Crusherness, but she elevates it. I think there she's more no Crusher than Crusher. I thought we went over that. You know, in there, the same way no that I feel like Cumberbatch, I feel like Cumberbatch is more Picard than Picard. In this way, I feel like she's more Crusher than Crusher. I feel like I think this would be like the Star Trek 2009 where, you know, William Shatner is Kirk, but but Chris Pine is more Kirk than Kirk, especially in the first one where he's just like Kirk is like I love women and Chris Pine is like you know a woman walks by he's like hey ladies <laughs> like he's more Kirk than Kirk ever was he's like Kirk on coke he's cork <laughs> um, he's, <laughs> so so um so who could be Troy who pulls off Troy I think that if she weren't already Worf I think you can make a case for Zoe Zaldana um uh pulling off Troy as well uh I think that yeah yeah what um I think you could make a case for Black Widow although I don't no. think she has fucking me barf in my mouth no all right what about Scar what about Scarlett Johansson no not Black Widow not at all you're are you not a Scar Joe fan I hate her you hate her did you I like her match point huh? did you like her match point or lost a translation I I here's the thing I acknowledge that she's beautiful and talented like she's those things but she said something you know I've told you this she said a thing in an article that like it's already hard enough women already have body issues and I was like you have a responsibility particularly as a female as a as you know a a popular female in Hollywood to like lift up your fellow woman and and she said something I felt was not that I have never liked her since so I will ask you to find it in your heart to forgive her because A people who write articles can often cherry pick pieces of sentence and put them together to mean things they didn't originally mean. And B, people have bad days. Like, yeah. like I've said shit on this podcast <laughs> that we're listening to right now 
that I that's hope true. To God. I mean, it'd be hard. It's 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 difficult. It made such an impact on me. Um, I think if I ever met her and she turned out to be cool, that would be different. It's a lot harder when that's kind of all you have to go on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I I have a case to make for <laughs> but Troy. No way is she Troy. Like regardless of my issues with ScarJo. Um. So I have a case to make. She for Troy. is not. I, I have a case to make for Troy. Then empathetic. Ready? Liv Tyler as Troy. Lest we forget that Liv Tyler plays Betty in the original Incredible Hulk. What do you think? We get wait. We get like Liv Tyler's in the in the mix. Totally. I love her. Yeah, as Troy. That's the case I want to make. Oh, that's all the Marvel works. women. Yeah, I, d- I had no idea that she she counts in this. Then yeah, we, for, we forget that. I thought you were going to try to argue Edward for Black Norton, Widow. Like, that Edward Norton me? was the Incredible Hulk. We forget that entire movie. Uh, but but in point of fact, if you watch Avengers Endgame, you have John Hurt as as General Ross from that first movie. Is still is still that's in not the first the Marvel one. Universe. That's actually the second one, by the by. Well, yeah, well, uh, yeah. I that's not the well. The, uh, when I say the first one, I mean the first Incredible Hulk movie in the MCU, not the Eric Bana one. So that um, means we can't use. Um, we can't use uh, Jennifer Connelly. That's unfortunate. Jennifer Connelly would be good, although I think Jennifer Connelly doesn't bring the oh not necessarily the, for troy i just like jennifer connelly <laughs> jennifer connelly would be a great crusher but she's not you know she's not mcu so so i'm gonna go for Liv tyler we go for Liv tyler I'll, there I'll are we happy Liv. with that i'll support Liv. yeah um uh can i make a really weird choice actually as a as a as a runner-up um i want to go back to uh who's black panther's sister what's the name of that actress the super smart one. Oh, I, i've only seen that the one who does the robotics yeah she's awesome um but I don't she know is not not like Marina Sirtis at all. But I think no. there's a version of Troy where she's the empath and the counselor on the ship who can sense everybody's thoughts, who likes the chocolate. That that whole like I think there is a totally I different I think she vo- makes a better choice for for Jordy, honestly. Holy shit, you're right. She's Jordy. Oh my gosh, is she Jordy? Yeah. Yeah. No, hands down. Hands down she's Jordy. Absolutely. And she's unlucky in love and yeah. Yeah. She is like- absolutely Jordy. <laughs> Yeah, there's poor thing is Jordy. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for her now. Um, I know. So, so are we? I mean, we're just gonna say Tom Holland is Wesley Crusher, right? Like, wait, Tom, Ho- Tom, Tom Holland. Holland oh, uh, is everything that Wesley Crusher is, and then improves on ev- Wesley Crusher in every measurable way. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, he's the only yeah. one in the right age range, honestly. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's from either him pool. or the kid from Iron Man Three. Right? <laughs> Those are the choices. <laughs> <you've done. laughs> No, it's the kid from Iron Man 3, obviously. Duh. <laughs> I love that kid. The kid was great. Kid was also an engineer. Let's not forget. The kid was also an engineer. Stop. But no, I'm going to go with Tom Holland. So there, we've just recast all of um, all of uh, this. I guess it. so. You're I welcome. I accepted it. That's what everybody was asking for. Everyone's clamoring for the Marvel Cinematic Universe recast of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Everybody, I'd like to see if they've been knocking down the doors. This is uh, this has been the weirdest all over Twitter. It's (laughs) so so. Sometimes I take our long episodes and I separate them out into two. I'm not going to do that this time. That's not what I'm going to do because it's just too weird. Yeah, this is this is its own. I don't know if I'm going to do the episode in the bed anymore because I'm just like I'm super relaxed and I'm having a ton of fun. There's no organization, (laughs) guys. Listen, you've been my therapy. I want to say this to you, Trek (laughs) Off listeners who've made it to the end. Um, all six of you. Yes. Um, 
I we see our downloads. You. Yeah, we, we get a few you. hundred episodes, we a few hundred downloads. You more I know, than you're only, <laughs> um, I have had a tough fucking day, man. Yeah. And and knowing that I can come and talk to you and especially talk to you listeners and know that you're like someone out there, someone out there I've never met is listening to this show and just going, boy, this guy's a fucking train wreck tonight. Wow. <laughs> it's so much more energy in the last episode. And out of the blue, he pulls out this, this fucking next gen thing. What is he doing? What are they doing? <laughs> but here's the thing. If you guys wanted normal, you wouldn't be listening to us anyway. So yeah, you, you um, five or six is... people, whoever you are. Like, you know what I love? We love every episode of Trek Off is somebody's first episode of Trek Off. Just think about that. <laughs> um, hey, that if true? you enjoyed this show, <laughs> you could, if you enjoyed this show, you can certainly go back and listen to the hundreds of hours of Trek Off that, uh, that is out there. Um, I have something to plug. I wish I'd plugged it at the beginning. Uh, there is a trailer out now for the new movie that I'm making, Cancellation. Um, yes, good. You so uh, if if you have not seen the trailer, uh, go to the can- search cancellation, the motion picture on uh, Facebook and check out the brand new trailer because it's awesome. Um, it's and awesome I think you'll dig sauce. it. Um, it's weird. It's a cool movie. Um, and uh, and certainly listen to Totally Super Podcast if you want to hear us talk about Avengers until finally one day you watch it and you and I can talk about it too. Um, <laughs> we'll be like 80. So I finally watched both. <laughs> I, I think I watched Avengers. But it's, you know, it's not, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do any more voices because I feel like I don't want to make fun of old people. Like old people are awesome now and, and, I'm, they and don't i'm getting sound there. like that either like i know but they when i was younger they did when i was 20 that's what all old people they all sounded like dana carvey doing grumpy old man like, <laughs> my day we didn't have any of these these fancy roller coasters no we just went up to the top of a cliff and we threw ourselves off and we <laughs> fell down and when we hit <laughs> our head exploded and we're laying there we're covering our own blood and our head is exploding and we don't have any head anymore and we go oh no I don't have a head anymore but that's the way it was and we liked it we loved it <laughs> oh my god copyright 1989 Dana Carvey god I love Dana Carvey god he's so good actually he does that character in Secret Life of Pets too. he's a voice of a dog and he's just oh really yeah so he's man. fucking perfect seriously though also what's funny that you bring up Dana Carvey is because I was just talking to Mr. A the other night I forget where, for whatever reason Wayne's World came up and I was like you know what I would totally watch is a Wayne's World with those two like right now like to see what the fuck ever happened to Wayne and Garth you know what's became. fucked up is that Wayne's World came out like 27 years ago right that's not that's okay that's not okay it's not fine it's just not cool but but look we're we're almost getting that we're not getting wayne and garth but i kid you not right now google bill and ted because there are shots now from the set of bill and ted face the music oh that's awesome there are shots now from the set and it looks awesome it looks like ted became a suburban dad which i love Yes. And it looks like Bill is still like in like like he's wearing Bill's like still wearing what looks like Bill clothes, but Ted's like wearing like a polo shirt. Oh, and I'm wow. like, I nice. I totally get the plot. I'm like, oh, so Bill became like nothing and Ted became a suburban dad and and it shows them. It shows the shot that they have is they have Bill is like heated and Ted looks like like kind of pissed off and bored. And the two of them are walking out of the phone booth and Ted's in like a suburban dad outfit and Bill's like dressed like that. And I totally get the plot. I'm like, oh, Bill goes to Ted and says, Hey, Ted, we gotta do this thing. Ted's like, No, I've got my life figured out. I don't need you anymore. Bill's like, You do. We need to go on this adventure through time. And they're going into the phone booth and going on an adventure through time. 
time. I could. T- I want that movie. I want that movie like right now. Yeah. I want that movie like right now. And and Ted is like resistant to it. And then at the end, he embraces it and they write the song that saves humanity. I Yeah. The movie writes itself. <laughs> I love it. I do too. Like, I love it. That's, and of course. Awesome. No- See? So would No Wayne's World also be awesome? I'm just saying. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then later this year, like in like a month when Comic-Con happens, um, they're going to release the first trailer for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Nice. So we're getting, we're getting fun. the, have you heard about this? No. Did you know they're doing this? I think maybe you mentioned it once before, but. I'll mention it again because I love talking about this. You have, I, I assume you've seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Can you tell me the plot of Jay and Silent Bob? Can you tell me the plot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? <laughs> they go to stop the movie from being made. Yeah, yeah, they go to stop the movie from being made. Now, Kevin Smith has grown as a filmmaker. He's had a heart attack. He almost died. He's a podcaster. It's been 20 years since Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. So Jeez. he's grown as a filmmaker. Here is the plot for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Jay and Silent Bob are in New Jersey, hanging outside of a quick stop, when they hear that they're making a reboot of the Jay and Silent Bob movie. So they travel to, to Hollywood to stop it from being made. <laughs> oh my God. That so is just. It is, in fact, a so reboot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, amazing. but with. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes still play Jason and the Pop. Oh my God! This is this is why I love that man. <laughs> like, is that it's unbelievably it's it's meta in the extreme. The first movie was meta. Now this movie is meta like about meta to the, the meta. To, yeah, yes, like meta to the power of meta. That's fucking yes. awesome. There, my understanding is, and Kevin Smith has said in the first movie there are like like ten celebrity cameos. He said this movie there's something like forty. Jesus, like, like forty celebrity cameos, and and he said he says that the reason is is he you know he had that heart attack. He had a heart attack like two. Years years ago and and then he made this movie and and he said that invariably every every cameo who came on they were all like i'm really glad you're okay to him to the point where he realized after about 20 in that everybody just came to the film because they're like man he almost died i guess i better (laughs) (laughs) and he said he said having this heart attack is the greatest thing that ever happened to me I kid you not. He got Mark Hamill back for this movie, but also Chris Hemsworth is going to be in this movie. What? I know. What? That's so fucking awesome. I'm so excited. I'm really excited. So now okay. you know. All you need to do is have a heart attack, and you can get anybody you want it. in your movie. <laughs> Four or five cups more of vodka, and five or six more days with just me and the kids. I need my wife back. <laughs> Stop. It's it good. Like Parenting is good. Parenting is a fun thing to do. You should try it. It's amazing. Everyone should be a parent. Everyone. Or, or hey, if you're not a parent, does it mean you've disappeared? Get it? If you're not a parent, get it? A yeah, parent? Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a parent. <laughs> oh, my. You've it's funny every time I say it. <laughs> By the way, can I just last thing before we go, since we're off the rails. Hey, uh, uh, track off bitches, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the show's over. This is a post-credit scene that you're getting, okay? Because this is of no value and has nothing to do with anything else we've talked about. But J.K. Rowling, <laughs> I'm just going to go up that on That preface, by the way, is just amazing. It has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> But I'm I'm reading I'm reading Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix to my younger son. 
And uh-huh. I was totally down with the like the 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 animagus idea that like you know like they can turn to a cat, right? Professor McGonagall can turn to a cat, and Sirius can turn into a dog, and all these characters can turn into animals. Even though it's supposed to be really rare, like like thirty percent of the characters in the movie in the books can turn to animals. Wormtail can turn to a rat. Everyone can turn to whatever the fuck they want, right? And and uh-huh. but I got it. Animagus is kind of a cool idea. And then we get to Order of the Phoenix, and we meet the care of character of Tonks in the book. Love Tonks. And and Tonks can change your hair yeah i love talks but the, he goes oh how do you do that you can change your shape and she goes yes i'm a metamorphomagus i was like really really metamorphomagus like damn right like, was it late you damn was it late right at night, jk like 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 was it like 11 30 and you're trying to come up with names you came up with names like severus snape and mad eye moody and slytherin like these great names it must have been like one in the morning and you were just like fuck it metamorphomagus i guess <laughs> You're not, you're not trying. You're not I'm trying. trying. I, I have I, I have words for you, J.K. Rowling, from 14 years ago. You and I need to have a talk about that one thing you said in that one book that one time. And I don't care if you're richer than the queen. And you could buy me 70,000 times over because you could. And you are. And yes, everything else you wrote was brilliant. But that's fucking bullshit. I'm sorry. Metamorphomagus. <laughs> Is fucking bullshit. I'm gonna go on record as saying that I'm gonna go I love, on record as a- <laughs> I love most of what you've done. And Order of the Phoenix is in fact my favorite book, and this is an unpopular opinion, also my favorite movie of the Harry Potter franchise. So when I come out and say that I love everything else about what you're doing, I mean it. But Metamorphomagus, fuck you. Fuck no. You. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're awesome. You're brilliant. I love you. Everything you're awesome. Else you're brilliant. But great. that one thing, fuck you. That one thing, man. It was like I'm. I'm. I'm trying to read it, and it's you know M E T A M O M O R P H M A G U. And I'm trying to get what it out. What happens to a what is it a frog when it gets struck by lightning? I know. The same thing. Joss that Whedon wrote to that line. Else. Joss Whedon. You have I named said, my children after Joss Whedon's again. Characters. I love Joss Whedon, but fuck you for that line, Joss. That's yes. a terrible fucking line. And it's the same thing. And I'm reading the so when I read the books, I do the characters, and I, and it's uh it's Tonks who's saying so. I'm doing Tonks kind of like this, sort of like kind of like a Valley Girl because I can't do British accent for everybody, but I kind of like sort of the attitude that she's giving here, and I'm trying to juxtapose that because. Hermione's a little more proper like this. I'm a goddess who's a little more like this. And so I like I'm I'm trying to do female characters and separate them out and so I give them specific accents. And her talks I've decided to give sort of valley girl, not not stupid valley girl, not like original Buffy Valley Girl, but like like kind of just a little bit of the attitude, like kind of like this, you know? And I'm giving mm-hmm. her sort of that uh, sort, sort of that tone. And I'm and, and I'm and I'm doing I'm saying hey, oh well it's because I'm a man and I have to slow it down. Go, hold on, I'm a man and I just slow it down. Okay, I'm sorry. Metamorph Magus. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bullshit. What? Like, I don't get it. You came up with the greatest words. You like expecto patronum. You came up with the greatest words ever created. You've created a thousand words. She's a metamorph, and it's like an animagus. So a metamorph magus? Really? Like, like, really? just say. Like, uh, uh, uh. You just call her a metamorph. That's it. No. Yeah. Or 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 a metamagus. That works better. Think of, that rolls off the tongue. Metamagus. Or or a morphomagus. A morphomagus. That works. A metamorphomagus. Really? Really? It's like it's like I'm trying to do it in character, and it's like somebody is shot in my mouth. It's just. <laughs> 
Now you know how poor Halle Berry felt, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I blamed Halle Berry for years for that line, and I should have just blamed her for her atrocious accent, which disappears oh, yes. fast. Her oh, atrocious yeah. accent, which disappears even faster than than poor Scarlet Witch's accent disappears over the course of the Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. No. Hey, hey, can I give you a spoiler alert for uh, <laughs> spoiler alert for Avengers Infinity War, which you haven't seen? It's gone. Totally gone. It's like... <laughs> It's like she's clearly from Los Angeles. Stop. Like it's like it's it's like like it never was. And the first one she's like, I need to go out there and do my magic. And by the by this one she's like, Vision, we totally gotta have a relationship, okay? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> wow. It's gone. What's so I saw Dark Phoenix, by the way. Oh. I did. Yeah. Um this post credit scene is getting pretty long. This is a mega episode of Trek Off, and I'm not splitting it up this time. So um, I saw Dark Phoenix, and I want to say this. Before you see Dark Phoenix, when it comes out on video and based on how it's doing the theater, that's going to be like next week. Um, uh, it passed milestone today, by the way, as of this recording. It has, in four weeks of release, made $68 million. And that's a milestone because Dark Phoenix was, before Dark Phoenix, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine had the lowest opening weekend of any X-Men movie, and its opening weekend was $68 million. And in four oh, weeks, Dark Phoenix God. has made $68 million. <laughs> it's, it's doing better overseas, but it's Poor losing. Phoenix. It's, this she movie's going to lose wrong. like $100 million. I will say this. Read every negative review before you go see it. And if you do that, like I did, um, it's all right. <laughs> You'll be ready for the, for the crap right, yeah. that it is. I, that's the thing. It's is there something about like when you watch it, I watch it and I go, you know, this movie, it's about as good as X-Men 1. It's about that good. And X-Men 1, Ooh. try and watch it today, doesn't hold up that well. <laughs> like, try and watch that first X-Men. You're like, oh, oh boy, yikes. Like, this, this is a film full of problems. Terrible effects and the plot doesn't make any sense. And bad performances, like, and, and like even bad, like, sound editing choices, like when, like, like when when prof- the, 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 when Senator Kelly looks at Toad and they just add him going blah, it's like this terrible sound edit that makes no sense. Terrible lines. X Men One doesn't hold up. Dark Phoenix is about as good as X Men One. So I want to say, on behalf of Simon Kinberg, who directed uh, X Men Dark Phoenix, perhaps he was just trying to bookend the series. I- <laughs> By making another movie, another movie, seventeen years later, with all the knowledge of superhero movies that has happened since the first X Men, oh, that yeah. harkens back to that first X Men of being of that naive and unfinished quality that that first one was. Because X Men Dark Phoenix is a perfectly adequate early two thousand comic book film wow. that has no place today. It's wow. it's about as good as Blade. <laughs> it's, hey, I it's, like Blade. Sure, Blade's fine. Blade is the dictionary de- definition of a movie that was fine in 2000. This movie is fine in 2000. Like, it's not getting any favors done for it. Done I coming I, out I, between... would, I would still watch Blade today and have a good time. Yeah, sure. So would I. I had a good time watching Dark Phoenix. I watched it the whole time going, yeah, this isn't bad. This is okay. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. J, who is much easier on movies than I am, she's usually the one who likes them. She was like, yeah, no. This movie made no sense. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like it at all. It made zero sense. It doesn't make sense why anybody is doing any of the things that they're doing. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so so there Sorry. you go. That's my mini Dark Phoenix review. Good all right. No. Yeah, my name is Justin. <laughs> my name's Alex here. Drunk off. Drunk off, bitches. <laughs>
Just one more reminder before you go to go to Totally Super on wherever you subscribe to podcasts, whatever you're listening to this on, search for Totally Super and hear me and Arthur review every superhero movie ever made. It's an awesome show. I think you'll love it. Okay. Thanks for listening.